It was actually their anniversary yesterday. So can we give it up for them for marriage and love and all that stuff? You can see the, the for real sincerity and authenticity and compassion flowing out of their hearts, right? And, and that's what it's all about. That's what we want. We don't want to go just through the motions of being Christians. We want to, we want to exude Christ with our life, with our hearts. And uh, Spencer and Amanda and the rest of their team and our youth, so proud of you guys for modeling that. You know, when they got the, the heart and the vision to go to, go to, to Columbia, um, you know, I think there can be on the surface fears related to these kind of things, right? But when God speaks and he says something and then we're in unity about moving forward, how many of you know that there's impact? There's always uh, eternal change that takes place. And, and, and that's what we're living for, is to be a people of impact, to be a people that through whatever sphere and whatever way, it doesn't have to be a mission trip, can be, but we're talking about with our lives, we want to be a people of impact. It's good to be us, right? So I'm just going to, for a few minutes, I'm going to talk about that, and then we're going to take some communion together. Um, we're going we're gonna to share in the Lord's Supper as we conclude today, and as Amanda mentioned, we're going to have our youth joining our ministry team, and I think today might be a good day to just kind of humble ourselves and come under what God was doing through them so that we could receive and go to another level ourselves, right? I mean, man, there's something about, about just learning from children, learning from the innocence of their hearts. You know, it's, it's such, a, such a beautiful, beautiful thing. How about that production ending at the end of worship? <laughs> if you're a first-time guest, that was not planned, uh, by the way, although it looked like it was. That was amazing. Um, but, uh, you know, God is, God is so good. I was like, Lord, thank you that that didn't happen in the middle of worship because that was such a good set today. So incredible. But, um, so it's good to be us. I, I think if you were not here over the past two weeks, um, you know, Wendy and I were displaced for one of the weeks when Grant was speaking, her father passed away. Thank you for all of the, the prayers and the love and just the condolences that we've received in, in this season of our lives as we're walking through this with our aging parents. God's grace was so much on that, and I may speak a little bit about that next weekend, but thank you for that. But Grant spoke on your greatness is God's glory, right? And then Julie tied in last week some of the promises that have been spoken over our community um, as, as it relates to our corporate identity, meaning who we are as a house and what our specific assignment is in this community, in our nation, and in the nations of the earth. Now, we've never been presumptuous about the call of God over our church, but we've always felt before we even planted this church that it would have a translocal impact, meaning that we would touch our city, which is where we're first and foremost called to minister, but that there was something over our community a grace, if you will, a divine enabling power from heaven over our community to impact or to influence the church in our nation and the body of Christ around the world. We've, we've ministered in over 30 nations across the planet and, and just seen God do incredible things. But I want to just talk for a few minutes about being a people of impact. So I want to put up 
scripture. We're just going to look at one scripture, Matthew, I believe it's 6.33. And it's a scripture that we've all heard before. Um, it's, it's one that we're familiar with. It says this, it says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. I'm going to give you context for this in just a minute. But there's some powerful truth in this one verse as it relates to us being a people of impact. When Wendy and I graduated from university and I took a job out of college um, with, with a major corporation, they relocated us to the other side of the country, meaning we were living out west when we had been on this side of our nation. And, you know, just I think in life, I think... We're all, I want to just say this so that you don't feel alone in this. We're all on a journey of coming to understand that we were actually made for something great. So when Grant's talking about your greatness being God's glory, that's not just a hype message. It's actually something we believe because it's biblical. All right? Now, the world will paint a picture of what it looks like to be great. The kingdom of God is something completely different. Jesus says, those who are the servants of all are the greatest in the kingdom. So we're laying our lives down for others. Everybody say others. Our lives, I think I saw a quote last week on Instagram, and it said something like this. People won't remember what you said. They won't remember even what you did, but they'll remember the way that you made them feel. Impact affects the way someone feels. And an impact can change the trajectory of someone's life. We're not in this for just what we say. There's a lot of words right now in our culture. Everybody's talking. There's even a lot of action. But how's our lives making other people feel? If you look at the life of Jesus, which he modeled as an example for us to follow, wherever he went... Whatever lives he got around, I'm telling you, and you can see this all throughout the Word of God, is that the atmosphere of that environment where he was placing himself into felt something different. And it was mind-boggling to them. They actually tried to put language to what they were feeling, what they were experiencing, And it was challenging for them because it was otherworldly. It was of a different culture. I mean, even if you think about the comparison of the people of Israel between Jesus and and the teachers of the day, he said, man, you know, these other people, they have all this knowledge and all this, you know, quote-unquote wisdom, and and they're doing godly things. 
But this guy has a measure of authority. There was something backing his life that brought impact. We were on this journey of impact, and I actually didn't even know it. And we were living out west, as I described, and then kind of just a a change of events. You know, sometimes there's a season shift, and you don't even see it coming. But man, those can be some of the most beautiful moments when you feel completely vulnerable about what's next. You ever been there? And so we get relocated back to the East Coast, got settled into a community, um, found a local church. How many of you know it's good to be part of a spiritual family? There's power in that. The church has been gathering for 2,000 years and it will be gathering for 2,000 more if the Lord tarries. Trust me. And we were there and they had this conference not too long after we arrived in the city and the conference was entitled Full of His Glory. Now you've heard that scripture because we've quoted it many, many times. It says that the earth shall be filled with what? The knowledge of the glory of the Lord. I actually think that verse is more relevant today than it's ever been in human history. It doesn't say that the entire earth will be filled with his glory, but minimally it will be filled with the knowledge of his glory. And if you look at one redemptive reality of the internet, is man, it gets the knowledge of stuff happening out there. And unfortunately, it's been putting a lot of stuff out there that really I could care less if I had the knowledge of it, honestly. But one thing that will be really cool is as God's glory, as it has already been coming to the earth, through testimony, through story, through video, through social media, the knowledge of this glory is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. I believe there are key cities, key ministries, key people, like a Gideon army, tribe, that are called to bring the knowledge of God's glory to the earth and make impact. So we were there, and... There was many guest speakers, many of them very well-known names of people that have left a mark on society and on the church. If I were to go through all of them, you'd be, wow, that guy was there, that person was speaking, that person. At the time, we didn't even know who any of these people were, including the one guy that I want to share a story about. His name was Tommy Barnett. He was a pastor out of Phoenix, Arizona. His son um, actually went and planted what's called the Dream Center in Los Angeles in one of the most hardened neighborhoods of that city and block by block they went out to bring transformation to every square mile that was immediately surrounding this dream center. How many of you know that it's the dream of God to transform a generation? How many of you know it's the dream of God to transform brokenness? God is not interested in just letting what is in ruins stay in ruins. He wants to come and revive cities and areas of cities that have been in desolation for many generations. So he was speaking. I can't remember actually anything about the message, but what I can remember is how I felt. Something grabbed a hold of my heart. Maybe like never before, I grabbed a hold of Wendy's hand. I said, we have got to go to the front of this church. 
I have no idea what this moment means, but I'm responding. Listen, I'm not trying to be overdramatic here, but I think there's moments when you need to move and respond. I mean, I don't drop to my knees or stand and lift my hands because I'm going through, oh, now it's the time to do half staff, and then I'll go to full staff, you know, then I'll dig for change. You know, there, there, there are responses with my body that I believe actually activate a moment, come in partnership with a moment. So we, we responded, we went up front, and there was this, I'm actually, I was reading it through in the book that I'm writing, which, which hopefully by the grace of God should come out at least to you guys by the end of the year. First book, never written a book before. But in it, I was, I was lifting my hands and I felt, it was interesting because Julie mentioned this last week, I felt rain coming down on the top of my head. That was a very strange sensation. But something was happening in the moment that was extraordinary. That's all I can say. And you guys know me, I'm a very real person, I'm not weird, I don't like that, but I'm telling you, this really took place. And then he was walking around, there was, the church was about 1,500 people present that day, he was walking around, there's about 300 that responded to this call at the end of this service, and as he was walking around, he said, this is amazing that all of you guys came up, but he said, I feel like there's one couple in particular that are called to bring impact to this world, to, to see this knowledge of the glory of the Lord spread as the earth, as the waters cover the sea, to have that kind of an impact. And then I, as I was standing there, totally lost in God, in a good way, rain, what it felt like pouring down over my head, I felt the lightest touch on my forehead and the quietest whisper of a voice that said, you guys are the one. And tears were streaming down my face. It was like I was being emptied of every tear in my body in a beautiful way. And I went to wipe the tears from my eyes, and I felt like I couldn't move my arm. And the reason was is that I was laying on my arm on the right-hand side of my body. Now, again, I don't understand this. I've been processing this for 20 plus years. But somehow, from the time he touched my forehead, Wendy and I ended up on the floor. And this was not a courtesy drop. There was no ushers anywhere near us when we went down. And I, before the Lord, before you as your pastor, I don't have any recollection of being from here to here or any feel of an impact hitting the floor. I I can't explain that. I don't understand that. And many times, give that to us biblically. All I know is that, remember when they came to get Jesus and Jesus took a move, the guys came to arrest Jesus and Jesus did, made some motion, and all of those men fell down. Here's what I want to say right here. When one force comes in contact with another force, one of those forces has to give. Now, 
the father is such a gentleman and so courteous that he does not come uninvited. But there was some invitation in my heart of a volitional yes that intersected that moment of this man touching my head that, that something transpired. Now, what I didn't know that had happened was as we went down, about 120 people behind us went down. A Benny Hinn moment. Can I get an amen? A Benny Hinn moment. As I reflected on that, I was actually just talking to Jesus about it yesterday. I was like, what was that? You know, who can understand the mysteries of God? But remember when Paul said to young Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God that's in you. That was given to you through the laying on of hands. Where there was some transference from one generation to the next generation through a simple prayer that was infused, that infused something in, in the inside of, of, of your DNA that, that made, made some room for, for you to get on a path of impact. And I love the fact that it wasn't just me and Wendy being touched, but 120 people behind us that were as well, because I think it shows the heart of what we've always stood for. God's known this. Like, it's not just about our lives and our ministry. It's actually about all the other people that can get caught in this wake and, and used by God as well. I actually had some conversation with the pastor about it, of that church, and he gave me some, some helpful clarity to just try to understand. But here's what I want to say. I look back now, and I see that that one moment opened something up. Because you can look at seasons of your life, and, and there can be years and years and years when you're just being a faithful presence, which... Actually, I think that's where the, the crops are really grown, honestly. Mountaintop experiences like that one are wonderful. But then we have to go down in the valley and be faithfully present. Oh, we'll talk about that next week. There's something about being faithfully present to Jesus. When you don't feel a whole lot, when it doesn't seem like stuff is breaking loose. You know, we, oftentimes, I love the Spirit-filled church, but we live all, all the time for the mountaintop experiences, so don't hear what I'm not saying. I think they're wonderful, but they're not where we need to exist all the time, because it's faithful presence, right? In a community. I told Wendy, I saw a tweet this last week from a guy who's actually, you know, I didn't even know he was a pastor, and he, he said that he had started a church when he was 22, and he's now 60, and he's been at that same church his entire ministry. And all the responses were like, that's amazing, that's inspiring, that's incredible. Because people aren't really faithful nowadays, right? But anyhow, I look back now and I see that some stuff was set into motion from that event moving forward. I ended up going shortly thereafter to the nation of Albania. I briefly want to say this. I'm going to put up the scripture even as the band comes back up. I ended up going to the nation of Albania 
Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with Albania, as I wasn't, I'd never actually been out of the country. Albania is, um, it was in the former Soviet Union. And 51 years prior to my visit to that nation, um, communist rule came into the country. Now, the, the, the word in the nation was that they took the few Christians that were living in that country, they put them in barrels... They floated them out into the ocean that surrounds the country and they shot into the barrels with machine guns and killed all of those believers. It puts up such terror and fear in all of the people that there was actually, for the entire 51 years of the communist rule, there was, you guys can go ahead and pass out the communion whenever you're ready. During the communist rule, there was no underground Christian church in the nation. Unlike China, Russia, other countries, Laos, other places where there's been communist rule, Christianity illegal, underground Christian church. No Christian church in Albania. Well, around about 1992, the communism wall fell, and it opened up possibility for the gospel to come into the nation. And... Shortly thereafter, I end up going on this trip. Now, in my experience, I saw what it was like for a nation to be impacted. I mean, all the missionaries that I was talking to, they were from traditional backgrounds, Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist, other organizations. And I was saying, hey, I can't describe what I'm seeing in this country and they're like us either the majority of what we're seeing we didn't even believe was biblically accurate we've never experienced any of this before I said what are you guys going to do they're like well we for sure can't write home about it in our newsletters or we'll lose all of our financial support but everybody agreed that what was taking place in that country was somewhat like what maybe the early church may have experienced in the book of Acts because there was no gospel present in the nation until the New Testament church was released on the scene. Now hang with me because we're going to take communion together here. I think a lot of times, please hear my heart in this, I love the Christian history of our nation. I love the fact that we are so blessed to have freedom to worship. There are churches of our choosing, even throughout a region like South Florida. But we can get so anesthetized to the treasure that we have that we forget the power of the gospel that we hold within our hands to bring impact to a region, to bring impact to a nation, to bring impact to the world. So what's the enemy of impact as I close? I want to show you that same verse through a little bit different translation. Passion translation, same exact context. But look what he says. He says, so above all, constantly chase after, the word there is desire, the realm of God's kingdom. Kingdom we don't really often understand. It's talking about the supreme deity. Lordship, 
Now we've had that word in our Christian vocabulary for eons. And I think in America we don't really understand what we're, what we're really dealing with when it comes to that, that word right there. But he said, and the righteousness that proceeds from him. In other words, the equity of his character that now actually resides inside of you that he's trying to pull out and put on display to the rest of the world. And he says, then all of these other things will be added unto you. What are all those other things? Contextually, go and study this for yourself. There was worry and fear that was trying to come into the church at the time, the people of God. They were concerned whether or not they were going to have provision for food, housing, and clothing, and basically the essentials that they needed to live. All of these other things. Jesus says to them, don't have worry about any of these things because as the children of God, all of this is already guaranteed for you. Now, there's a whole other teaching I could get into on what that practically looks like. It means that we need to be responsible. You know, we need to do what we say. We need to have good work ethic. We need to, if there's dreams in your heart, go get an education. Like all of that kind of beautiful stuff, right? So it's not, oh, now I'm just going to go into ministry because Jesus has all of my needs and, uh, you know, I'm not going to do anything. No. But the point is, is that the enemy of impact is fear. And the longer sometimes that we go on with life, the desire that we are meant to have fueling our soul can start to wane. There should be a burning desire in our hearts with our lives to not just make it to the end of our days worried whether or not our car is going to still get us from A to B, the house that we're going to live in is going to be able to be paid for, that we're going to have enough food in our kitchen to eat. All of that, Jesus said, and you got to test him on this, as, as Jeremiah was saying, that, man, he has that taken care of if we're balanced in all of the other realms of our life. Again, another teaching. But my question for you is, is desire... I'll try. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Is desire burning in your heart? Is there a chasing after lordship? I want to make this really practical as we close. If you're more worried about provision than you burn for Jesus, he's not really Lord over all of your life. I'm saying that over my own heart this morning, okay? 
if I mean there's so many examples you're just gonna have to fill in the blank like what is taking preeminence over your emotions fill it in what is it I don't know I don't know why that would be the case and I'm not saying that we can't have challenges and struggles we're all human Wendy and I face this every day but I have to keep coming back to the place where I go God I desire you more than I desire anything else because I want my life to make an impact on other people and so I'm gonna chase after you being Lord over everything my family my marriage my children my career my future my tomorrow I was asking the worship team I was like do you guys feel anything this morning when you were leading you know just doing your worship uh, you know practice Megan said that she saw like Jesus seated on a throne and I was like oh there it is Spencer beforehand and our communicators connect was like when it comes to triumph impact Jesus has already led us in triumphal entry do you understand when his when it looks looked like here here's the thing well Darren you don't understand what it looked like it looks like in my life I may not but Jesus for sure does because he was hanging on a cross and that for sure didn't look like victory But you understand that while he was in that place that didn't look like anything of impact at all, when the blood dropped from his side and he gave up the ghost, it said that the earth shook. Even the Roman centurion, who's the most disciplined soldier on the planet at the time, broke protocol and said surely this is the son of God he exuded lordship in that moment to this one hanging upon the cross that looked completely defeated because of the earth shaking blood spilled a body broken I was talking to Wendy just yesterday and I was like man people stand on a stage or do great things in business or you know whatever sphere that they, they've been put in and they have like impact on their life but everybody thinks that they just got there because everything was easy no it looked impossible you go here you want to hear somebody change in the world go and get in their life and hear their story and you'll hear you'll see lots of a trail of tears but out of intimacy in the fellowship with his sufferings we start to discover who we are and when you start to discover who you are in your identity you are destined for impact it's game over right there when you see that you have communion with this one that understands all of your fears all of your needs all of your pain wow He's laying in that tomb. Second point of impact as I close. And I don't know what happened, but something took place on the inside of his body 
to such a degree of heat that it left have you heard of the shroud of turin before it was it's it's the cloth they believe that was over the body of jesus only the lord knows ultimately if if it's real or not but the point is is that on that shroud which they believe covered his body i actually believe it to be the case but because there was an imprint of that heat that took that dead body and raised it back up again to newness of life so much that it made an imprint on something that wasn't even living how much more can the power of resurrection make an imprint on someone who is living so father as we are here today I believe there's many in this room that feel deadened that feel like this season they've been in has been anything but victorious but I want to remind them of the blood that shook the earth and of a broken body that caught on fire in resurrection that left an imprint on a piece of cloth but much more so on a people in the earth right now called the body of Christ so to remember and to rejoice and to celebrate we eat and we drink would you take of the Lord's body today you drink of the blood that was shed for the remission of every single sin past present and future to make you the righteousness of God in Christ wow we have to get our children but what we're going to do we're going to have our ministry teams come and the youth are going to join in with them And they're going to line up across from each other here at the front. And we're going to ask for as many of you that will, I want you to line up against that wall and make a line that will come down through here. And it's going to be super simple. They're just going to put their hands on you as you walk through. They're going to touch you with a touch of love, touch of identification. They may say something, they may not. You may feel something, you may not. But the point is, is that as they do it, Could we have faith that maybe today is a day of impact for you to shift a trajectory, to set some stuff in motion? Because listen, this fall as we enter into some things, we're on for a really amazing ride, trust me. We'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. So team, if you guys could come up, band, they're just going to lead a song of worship. You guys will be officially dismissed, but if you want to jump into this prayer line and walk through the quote-unquote fire tunnel (laughs) Um, you're welcome guests thank you so much for joining us if you didn't turn in your connection card please do out in the lobby in the welcome center we love you if you guys could um, as you make your way out if you're not joining the prayer line please do so with quietness God bless you guys have an amazing Sunday we'll see you next week We'll only be doing this until a little bit before noon because we have prophetic ministry in the back. So if you guys are going through the the prayer line, please do so once so that some of the 
friends can get back to their other ministry assignment. Thank you. We are consumed.